Welcome, welcome, welcome to Unsolicited with George D, the safe space for uninvited personal truths and opinions. I am your host and your crony, George D. So I welcome you to another episode. This is episode three. Before we get started, a little housekeeping first. Hope, first of all, hope everybody's been having a good weekend. Good vibes, good energy. This Gemini season. So shout out to all my Geminis. Before we get into a little housekeeping first, again, this is a construction zone. We're building here. So welcome to that. Um, as a show title insinuates, you know what I'm saying? We, this is all the dialogue here and the discussion comes free, absolutely free, um, of your authorization, your approval, or your agreement. We all need love, including myself, and I'm not too proud to ask for mine. So definitely, 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 please like this video, like the audio, subscribe to the audio, subscribe to the video on YouTube, share with friends and friends and friends, leave me feedback, things of that nature. Lastly, check us out on unsolicitedwithgeorged.com, unsolicitedwithgeorged.com. Um, for there, you can see the whole collection of everything that we got from content to merch. You can contact me there. Um, any additional information about the show or anything else we got going on. Um, again, we're in a construction zone, so we definitely building. And I just really want to thank everybody for being here. Hopefully, you checked out episode one and two, um, the Genesis and Fear. Um, I got some good feedback about that. So thank you to everyone who's been giving me some feedback about that. Everyone who tuned in, everyone who's taking a listen, you know, it's a little rusty, a little bit, but nevertheless, um, thank you for those that have been listening and checking those episodes who have checked those episodes out, um, and able to garner that. Someone, um, actually said to me, they kind of see this as like my little personal journal or something like that. So let's look at it like that for the most part. So continuing and graduating off from where we are or from where we started. Um, I was inspired um, this past week by a number of things. I was inspired by a TED Talk that came out some time ago. Um, who would I like to acknowledge with that one? I think I can acknowledge uh, uh, her name is Ruth Claire. She's an author. She wrote a memoir um, back in think, 1999, if I'm not mistaken, or maybe early 2000s. I'm not, maybe so. I'm not sure. Um, her name is uh, Ruth Claire, and the, the memoir she wrote is called uh, Enemy. She provided this quote within that TED Talk that has stuck with me. I'm going to give you all the quote in a bit. Another person was um, a gentleman that I have probably say, I think this July will probably be like a year or so that I've known him. And um, this gentleman and I... Um, I, envy, I admire him. He does things with me that, you know, uh, speak to some of my flaws, particularly. I'll say communication flaws. Anybody who knows me knows that I kind of got a few of those. Um, but nevertheless, um, I applaud him for his humility. I applaud him for a lot of different things. Um, why he's taking a liking to me, I couldn't really explain it, but I respect him a whole lot. Um, as a guy, sometimes your ego can get in the way and it makes it hard for you to connect with other men. But I definitely applaud him for how he's entrusted me, how he's empowered me to be a friend to him and um, the challenge that I've accepted in that. Um, but nevertheless, there's a lot of admiration, respect. But um, some time ago, I had reached out to him and I was like, he was telling me about some things he was going through in life. And I was like, bro, like, 
you know, um, have you ever thought about going to therapy? And at the time that I'm saying it to him, I'm talking to him at my grown age. I'm not talking to him at the age that he is now. When I was there, therapy would have been the last thing that I would have thought about under any and all certain circumstances, right? However, I asked him about it. Like, bro, have you ever thought about it? And, um, you know, he was kind of like, nah, 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 whatever. And that's comfortable. I'm used to experiencing that with men. Um, before I even thought about therapy, before it even came into my orbit, um, it took for me to like want to just do something different one year. And it was something I tried randomly because it was just something I was hearing. And I did it. And I found it very, very eye-opening. But I definitely wasn't in my 20s like he is. Um, and over the years, I've gone back and, and sought that out for various reasons. Sometimes I just, sometimes I didn't even know why I was there. I was like, man, I don't even know why I'm here. I'm just here. Um, but we'll figure it out <laughs> as we go through this whole process or whatever. Right. But he inspired me cause he hit me and he was like, yo, I think I'm ready. And I was like, wow. Okay. Okay. Um, and then there's been a number of instances, a number of instances that I've experienced where um, the way I was raised, the way I grew up, like, I ain't really a fraudulent person. If I don't really fuck with you, I don't really fuck with you. If I don't really respect you, I don't really respect you. Sometimes in my respect, I might do something or behave in a way that may be perceived as fraudulent or fake or whatever, but it's really out of my respect for you. Um, for example... Um, there's a gentleman as well um, that I respect a lot. And in my desire to not disappoint, I kind of walked away. But I knew that if he objected, it would make me want to, you know what I'm saying, stick around a little bit more. But I was feeling like there was something more that I need to do for myself in life. Hence unsolicited and things of that nature. And sometimes you get based on your personality type, you could find yourself gravitating towards individuals or circumstances or situations um, out of your sheer respect for other people, out of trying to be loyal or just the way you want to move. Um, you could find yourself taking on other people and their um, emotions or their ideas, their things and so forth. Um, similarly, like I remember one a person told me recently too, you know, I was expressing something to them. And they were like, you know, if you're not using the talents that God has for you, um, somebody else will make use of them. And I was like, ooh, that was profound. So nevertheless, all these different things kept happening over the last week or what have you. And it brought me to this, to this episode. And this episode is about the false self. Now, what is the false self and what is it about, right? So here's the quote. The quote is by uh, Dr. Donald Winnicott, all right? Um, and um, the quote is, it is a joy to be hidden in a disaster to not be found. Let me repeat that. It is a joy to be hidden in a in disaster not to be found. All my ambiverts out there, all my like I'm homebody people, they can, they can probably empathize with this. Sometimes it's cool to be able to just to be out the way, in the background. But sometimes 
being there and, and, and not being able to be located there when you're in those spaces can have a disastrous effect on life in general. Like we're meant to be social in one respect or another. Um, so let's go into it, right? I'm a person who's a proponent of not being fake. So I've been in many arguments like I ain't doing that because that's not real. Or well, I ain't feeling that they ain't real. If they don't feel real to me, I ain't doing it. I got to feel it to do it. I ain't trying to be fake. I don't want to pretend, blah, 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 blah. I'm one of them big proponents of saying things of that nature and actually moving in alignment with that. And um, it's affected me over the course of life, right? And as I started to delve into this topic of the false self, um, that was, I, want, I don't know if I want to say introduced, but I'll say introduced by Dr. Um, Donald Winnicott. Um, it really made me start to see life and people in a different kind of way and actually helped me even see the people that I've known and people that I've met in my life a different kind of way. So let's get into it. So what is the true self, right? Sounds pretty obvious enough or what have you, but the true self can be, um, I look at these terms. These are some of the terms like your authentic self. I had a conversation recently with someone and I talked about the most authentic self. Everybody wants to be their most authentic self in their relationship. You know, that's why you hear people say, take me as I am. I ain't changing for nobody. Whoever want me going to be going to take me as I am. They're not going to try to change me, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Or if someone says be true to oneself. Right. Um, those are some of the terms and phraseology that you might hear reference to the, the true self. Diving into it is based on the um, authentic experience. Right. The real thought in that moment or that moment, you know, um, you can like it to like that day or that moment, that experience where you either said or did something that was like you. Like you didn't think about it. You didn't overthink it. You just felt it. And whatever you felt came out is what everybody seen. Right. <laughs> it might even be the drunken night where you said the most realest thing that you've ever said might've been the wrong time, wrong place, but you said what was at your core, the heart, like the most realest thing. And um, some accepted it, some didn't, but it was the realest thing. Um, it could also be characterized by feeling truly present or alive. Um, it's spontaneous and genuine behavior. Again, something you ain't thinking about just it is what it is. So Dr. Winnicott goes into it a little bit further and he talks about it. It's, it starts in infancy and it's best represented in infancy, um, whether it be crying, laughing. You ever see a baby just totally not be um, impacted by or conform to the world or their mother or father, or whatever. And, they, and we'll say, oh, kids say the darndest things, right? They're their most truest, most authentic self. They don't even know not to say what they're saying or do what they're doing, whether they're hilarious individuals, whether they say something profound, whether they sing. Like you can go online right now, YouTube especially, and find all these like fantastic moments that, you know, infants have that people capture and we're like wowed by that. But that's like the most, that's the best characterization of the true self, like their true personality, their true being, like who they really are at that particular time, Right. Um, now that we got that out the way, let's go to the other side. The false self. This is the inauthentic and defensive facade. The inauthentic 
and defensive facade that we all have or that some of us put up or, I mean, I think we all have it, but that one could display. This is a facade that leads to an empty feeling. Um, it's one that the, the, the false self produces the, um, the learned or controlled behaviors, right? And it develops at a very young age. Um, Dr. Winnicott puts it out there to say that. Um, I found this very profound as I go into this, right? But not even a but, like when he was talking about it, from the perspective that it starts at the very young age with your parents or your caretaker, right? And it's born out of the need of compliance to meet your parents' wishes, right? So your parents are actually controlling, are part of controlling whether or not your your true or your false self your, your development of your false self or the expression of your truest self, right? Um, and when an infant or a child begins to develop their false self, what they're essentially doing is suppressing what they want for themselves or what they feel for themselves in the interest of winning over the parent or the caretaker. They want the love of their mother or father or whomever their caretaker is, grandma, grandpa, whatever, meeting their expectations, their opinions. They're influenced by these things. And they're overriding their true self in, the, in a sense or contradicting it in order to bridge that gap, right? Now, what I also found profound about this as you go further into it, that to exist in this world, there's a healthy version of your false self. That's what you need to exist in this world, right? So your authentic self can't exist. Your most truest self, there's a time and place for that. And I recently said this in individuals, and I probably even said it on a recent podcast too about being your most authentic self. That sometimes your most authentic self is not the best for the relationship you choose to be in, right? We may have to alter or tailor that. Now, when we get into this, you know, um, to speak a little bit further, it talks about the reason why it is is because um, you have to comply with rules and regulations and things of that nature. Like there's laws of the land, you know, there are moral laws. There's a bunch of different things that require you to maybe have to suppress that thing that you may really want to do in order to be in compliance with the standard of norms, societal norms or what have you, right? What I also found important is that the false self is the healthy false self protects your most vulnerable innermost self, Right. And it also is indicative of one being aware of their own um, personal boundaries. So then we get to some cons, right? And this is what I really go, before we get into it a little bit further, I get my little opinion. The cons of the false self, right? And I was like, what? Like, all right, if there's a healthy side, like where's the negative side? Apparently the negative sides delve into dysfunctional behaviors, Toxic behavior, right? I'm sure there's toxic masculinity and toxic femininity. Um, feeling un unanchored sometimes, kind of being lost in the world, just kind of roaming aimlessly, not really sure what you're doing, how you're doing it, where you're going, where you're going with, et cetera, et cetera. Like really not really knowing, you know? There's a bunch of stuff that can lead to that, right? Um, Lack of spontaneity. These are people that, you know, don't want to do nothing, don't want to be adventurous. They got to be controlled. They got to know what they're going to come, where they come in, what people think. They just found out that this is um, 
It's related uh, to schizophrenia, narcissism, addiction. These individuals um, rationalize and intellectualize reality. You know, everything has to, but why this though? But why that though? If you do this, then that. Like everything is just intellectualized and so forth. So they become somewhat sometimes devoid of any authentic emotions and creativity. Everything has to be according to what somebody else has said or what other people are doing that have, have normalized for them to feel like, okay, this is acceptable. They don't really want to be outside the box. They want to always color within the lines, you know, not realizing that sometimes the lines were just arbitrary, you know, Africa. <laughs> All right. So um, another important point about this was that, you know, individuals that deal with the false self, this false self, well, one of the cons of this false self is that it could lead to people feeling um, or strongly struggling to feel valued. So I looked at that as depression, you know. So let's get into Dr. Winnicott, Donald Winnicott, for anyone that wants to, you know, go check him out. He was a psychoanalyst, um, you know, and um, he believed that everyone is divided into two parts or two selves, the true and the false self. Um, he believed that the false self is developed to protect the inner and most vulnerable selves. He believed a healthy development requires us to fully experience of time of being one's true self. In order to develop a healthy false self, one must truly experience their true self without, and this is when you're living life without concern or feelings or opinions of in, your caretakers primarily, mom, dad, aunt, uncle, grandma, grandpa, whoever took care of you from an early age. Um, and the denial of this process begins the, the false self in modifying your impulses to receive the love that one craves. Explains a lot. The false self can lead to one ba uh, building and maintaining their false self to face a world they perceive as unpredictable and unreliable. Think about that for a second. Your false self can lead you to build and maintain a, a false self because you perceive the world as unreliable and unpredictable. So you create a mask, a version of yourself that becomes yourself, a caricature of yourself that you feel comfortable with. Because you feel like this is the self that the world needs to deal with this unpredictability, unreliability. Hmm. So what are some solutions, right? I found this very profound. He said the good enough mother um, provides this symbiotic relationship, right? She facilitates an environment for that child to be their true self. I believe a father can do this too. But this is him back in those days when women were primarily in the home and... Um, rearing children and, and, and taking charge of that aspect of the family. So he's coming from that perspective. Um, but creating that symbiotic relationship, facilitating an environment for that child to just be, be able to experience being their true self. That means being a snotty nose, bad, dirty, whatever, just being there, whatever their true self is, just totally being that uh, free of any, any type of opinions or expectations that could be placed on them. Um, he said that the, the mother would mirror back to the child a sense of their needs being anticipated or as, yeah, for the most part, right? I found this to be very, very profound too. The statement of a mother is to be, a mother is imperfect, right? The good, uh, the, the, what do you call it? The good mother effect, I believe. Am I correct? 
Yeah, the good enough mother. She is imperfect, not neglectful, and not overprotective. And she's also capable of sufficient separation from the infant or from the child. You want to resolve this. If you feel like you've been impacted by this, they said, you know, psychotherapy can help you out. And this is where you are able to experience you being your truest self with a therapist that would allow you to go there. You know, in, in, in his, um, I guess, in his writings and his papers that he was writing, this is like in 1960s, um, he expressed how people would steal money from him or they would throw things and curse them out. And he would just allow them to just do whatever they do so that they can experience their truest self. Because again, when one is able to experience their truest self, they won't feel the need to, 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 to show it, right? Um, they know how to tame it and allow their false self to go so they can just operate within the world. Um, so what do I want to say about this? I just provided all this information on purpose so I can go into this. When you've been in to, 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 to get older, you've come across so many people. But more importantly, yourself. Um, I'll speak with my start with myself. Again, this is unsolicited, um, uninvited personal truths and opinions. So for me, I think about my upbringing, you know, as an African guy, you know what I'm saying? Like, you conform, you comply. You know what I mean? I, I started making me think about all the times you see kids running around making noise in the house, especially when you live in an apartment building. Stop running, stop jumping, stop that, sit down, be quiet, be still. All the different ways in which sometimes we we keep children from, you know, being whoever they are, whether they're a wild child, whether they want to sit in the corner and play with toys. You got a kid that don't want to go outside, go outside. You got a kid that want to go outside, come in the house, you know, all the different things that, you know, I may have experienced growing up. I was one of those kids, man. It's funny now because, you know, I enjoy nightlife, you know what I'm saying? Not necessarily like clubs or nothing like that, speakeasy lounges. I like social environments. So what happens is um, I remember being a kid and going outside and playing was like my thing. I didn't grow up playing video games. Even to this day, I don't like video games. I mean, it's not that I don't like them. It's just not my thing. You know what I mean? Like I'm comfortable going outside and, you know what I'm saying, uh, balling or uh, hooping or uh, chilling and just hanging or whatever. That's always been my thing. Like I, I like being, I'm, I'm not pressed to be around people, but I enjoy social environments where there's an exchange of ideas, uh, thoughts, uh, behavior, just in general, you know? Um, and I was just thinking about where do I fall on this spectrum of true and false self, you know, and why sometimes I'm so adamant about not being fake. Now, granted, that comes from just, desiring to be around real people. Like, I think if you've been around enough fraudulent people where people aren't who they say they are or people are always pretending for optics for other people, that shit can rub you the wrong way. It definitely rubbed me the wrong way. I don't want to judge nobody, but if I know that somebody's always just trying to do something for other people, me and you ain't going to be rocking together. You know what I'm saying? Like, I kind of moved to the beat of my own drum. I used to go through a period whereby I felt like if I was around a group of people, like, I, gotta ha I have to have something to say. And it took me a while before I started realizing that sometimes I could be around people. I still like you. I still bang with all y'all, but I just ain't got nothing to say. Oh, I just don't feel like talking, which is a total conflict because I absolutely and most positively can speak. 
And I could be very verbose at the same time. So it found, I found it very, very interesting that that was my dynamic. But I was just looking for myself on the spectrum of true and false self. Then I started thinking about the relationships that I've been in. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Yo, the relationships that I've been in. Man, man. It's like if I knew what I know now then, oh, my goodness. We all go through what we go through for different reasons. And um, yeah, man, the relationships that I've been in. Um, I can honestly say that some of them, I, I'm, I'm grateful that I think the way that I think. And I'm, I am who I am because in many of my relationships, especially as I started to become more self-aware with myself and it started at an earlier age, um, I never wanted to judge anybody um, by how one looks, by how one thinks, um, what you've done with your life, what you're not doing with your life. I've never wanted to judge anybody. So without knowing it, maybe I was psychoanalyzing people, um, maybe not therapizing, but maybe psychoanalyzing people just to kind of understand their whys without having to to sit down and ask them a million questions. They felt like there was an interrogating room. You know, I would ask a lot of questions about, you know, just their life, their upbringing, you know, through normal dialogue sharing. And as I started to start to peep certain things, I would notice certain things and I'd be like, okay, this might be consistent with this or this might be consistent with this. This might behave like this or this might behave like that. And I used it as a way of helping me better deal with people. Learning this, the... The, the the kind of sad part about it is that without this information, I wasn't aware that sometimes the person that was standing before me, the the person that's telling me sweet nothings or the person I'm engaging with, um, was giving me their false self the entire time, and I believed it to be their real self because their false self became them. It was a part of them but they made it their foremost then because they probably thought I wouldn't have accepted their true self or they haven't even accepted their true self. And by consequence, I was left thinking the false self was the realest version of them only to in time realize, I don't know who the fuck I'm talking to. And I don't know what they talking about. Interesting. Very, very interesting to put it mildly. Um, but very, very real, a very real, real situation in reality that, you know, I think a lot of us go through in life. Um, so as I always say, this is a construction zone. This show is designed for the man at work. So the man at work, wherever you are, whoever you are, um, think about you starting with you because it starts and ends with you. Um, as I'm doing now with this new information. Um, I challenge you as well, or, you know, call to action, if you will, to evaluate your true and false self. Um, how much of your true and false self exists in the world today? Or do people know? Or do you know? Taking this information, how do you apply it in your relationship or ships, whatever you got going on? Um, and I hope this information helped you. I hope that me giving you this kind of outline of the studies and the, the work of Dr. Donald Winnicott um, enlightens you in a way that you can make it practical in your life.
um, as I will be and as I am today. Um, the goal is growth. The goal is the goal is to become better in every way, shape, form, or fashion. And um, we all play many roles in this life. Um, and for those of us to have children and things of that nature, I think that it's important for us to see how we may have nurtured or stifled um, our child or our children's um, true and false self or true self rather and um, help them to develop that part um, so that they don't grow into the world, become adults and deal with the dysfunction and the confusion that comes with the false self if one does not know or has yet to fully experience their true self. Um, I think my last point on this one is going to be the resiliency of human beings. When I come across topics like this, I think the thing that sits in my head the, the most um, is just how amazing God has created us. We withstand so much. There's so much that we endure on all levels, mentally, emotionally, physically, social. I mean, we can go down the gauntlet. It's just so much. Um, and it's very, very, very amazing that through everything that we experience, there's always a way through. There's always a way through. I find that very, very, very rewarding to know that we can be that, that those opportunities are available to us. So all I wanted to bring to you today, you know what I'm saying? I hope you found this, uh, inspiring as well as educational. I hope it inspires you to grow. Um, I hope that you find it inspiring in a way that will allow you to improve um, a, on your quest to become um, a better man, um, understanding that this man at work is always on this journey, a quest to not only find self, but to improve self. For the betterment of himself and others and those that, you know, he deals with indirectly and directly. And if you are somebody who's listening, whether it be a friend or otherwise, um, I encourage you as well to um, impart this bit of knowledge and wisdom on the man at work that you might be knowing, you might know in life. So with that being said, I thank you for, li for, this, uh, for listening to this episode. I thank you for watching. Um, I appreciate you in advance. Um, for supporting through your listenership, uh, through your viewership. Um, I encourage you to continue to, to support. I encourage you to uh, send us feedback. Um, unsolicited with G um, at gmail.com if you want to send me an email. Um, but I definitely encourage you to go unsolicited with George D at uh, unsolicited with George D.com. Um, again, a collection of all our content is going to be there. And I ask that you contact me there. You can send me anything there. Um, that's like my one-stop shop hub. You can also check us out on the shop. This is just one of the pieces of merch. It's my other one. My new, my little joint. You know what I'm saying? We blacked out over here. But um, yeah, definitely go support that. Um, like the audio, subscribe to the um to the podcast on any podcasting platform. Subscribe to YouTube. All the videos are gonna be up very soon if they're not right now. Um, working on all that right now. But um, definitely shout us out. Share, like, subscribe, follow us on our IG, 
Um, that's the only social media platform I'll be on, Unsolicited with George D. You can check me out there as well. So thank you all. Thank you all. Thank you all. Have a great day. Mm-hmm.